Welcome to The Unmistakable Marketer. Every week, we interview business leaders, marketers, and authors from around the world. Together, we try to unpack how we create marketing messages that attract attention and separate us from the competition. Our goal is to help you make your marketing unmistakable. In addition to this podcast, listeners get actionable advice on the latest insights in digital marketing from our free email newsletter, which can be found at tomorrow-people.com. That's tomorrow-people.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Unmistakable Marketer. My name is Nathan Anibaba. My guest this week is James Bannerman. Uh, James is a creative change agent who combines creativity with psychology to help businesses innovate. He's worked with businesses from uh, Austin Martin, British Airways, Orange, Starbucks, Rolls-Royce, HSBC as an innovation consultant. He also lectures at on business creativity and innovation on the MBA programs of Warwick Business School and Oxford University uh, Brooks, uh, where he's currently doing a PhD on the impact of lateral thinking upon organizational um, advantage. Uh, He's also going to the European Space Agency this week to discuss creativity in a bit more detail. Um, He's also the author of two best-selling books, uh, Genius, uh, Deceptively Simple Ways to Become Smarter, and Business Genius, Deceptively Simple Ways to Sharpen Your Business Thinking. So it's a pleasure to have him on the show. Uh, James, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, Nathan. It's a, it's a great pleasure to have this opportunity. Great stuff. So, so James, you know, for those that don't know, what is a creative change agent? A creative change agent uh, means a million different things, but fundamentally, it's basically a, a lateral thinking consultant. Uh, it's someone who helps businesses to think differently uh, in order to perform more effectively in a rapidly changing world. So fundamentally, a creative change agent is someone who focuses more on the human side of change than the technical side of change. Uh, it's the imaginative and entrepreneurial side of thinking differently and doing things differently. Right. Great stuff. So so definitely um, relevant to the premise of the show, which I'll, I'll introduce as as I'm sure you know, as we discussed um, earlier, it's this whole idea of sort of differentiation and how marketers in this increasingly commoditized world that we're living in, how we can sort of separate ourselves and our messages from the rest of the competition. Um, so as, as Peter Thiel says in his, in his book, Zero to One, he talks about how businesses, uh, you know, the main objective of a business should be a monopoly. You know, uh, business should be so far ahead of the competition that it's effectively no longer competing. Um, and that's the way that we think that marketing should be as well. You know, our marketing should be so far ahead of the competition that there's, you know, there's no way that we can be put into that commoditized conversation with other, you know, with similar vendors. Um, you know, pretty much a world with competition is a world where our profits are just competed away. So on that basis, I wanted to uh, discuss your thoughts on uh, your book, Business Genius, uh, and specifically sort of how we can, um, you know, how marketers can sort of innovate in such ways that they can differentiate their messages, um, you know, significantly. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, both of your books. Um, uh, the focus of, of this talk is going to be um, business genius, though. So lots of great pearls of wisdom all, all throughout the book. But for those that haven't um, read the book, James, could you just give us a, a quick overview of sort of, um, uh, you know, what the the big theme is or the, or the premise of the of the book? Yes, of course, Nathan. So, so thank you for that. The, 
the second book had very much emerged out of the first book, Genius, which came out uh, in 2012 during the London Olympics. And that was focused really on helping people to release or tap into, to harness the creative potential to come up with new ideas, new solutions whenever they might need them. Mm -hmm. But I also realized that potential isn't always enough when it comes to uh, success and, and business success or business performance. That also it's important to get beyond the blocks that stand in your way, the, the interference side, the psychological interference. So the second book is less about twists of thought and it's more about lifts of thought. How do you get beyond some of the fears and insecurities and uncertainties that, that stifle progress. So everything from confidence to assertiveness to stress management and resilience to influence and impact. So it's really a whole wealth of tools and techniques which can help people to build upon their imagination and to, to go from, uh, I suppose, imagining what could be to making it actually happen. Sure. So, so I, I guess this is really about sort of, uh, you know, giving people the tools or the, or the, or the tool set to be able to, um, you know, be in a position where they can innovate. But I guess there are a number of roadblocks or challenges potentially that we either put in our, our own way or, um, uh, you know, that are already there uh, from, I, I guess, other people sort of put them there. So could you just share what some of those challenges are? I think you mentioned a couple of them earlier, but you know, what are some of those roadblocks and challenges that that, that limit our our um, creative potential? Well, it's a, it's a complicated one simply because uh, someone called Dr. Dennis Waitley, who was head of the Olympic team for for the Americans uh, several years back, as their chief psychologist, he he once said, "It's not what we are that holds us back, but what we think we are not." Mm. And I've come across a lot of people in business, managers and leaders and teams who don't think they're very creative or they don't think they're very different or they can't approach uh, business issues in the same way as an apple or a virgin mm. and it's it's debunking some of those myths and fundamentally it's people often think that the people side of business is, is the fluffy side but increasingly it's it's the hard edge of soft skills that tend to matter the most uh, it's success and, and business performance are seldom a, a mechanical button that people just press and away they go. Uh, it's the other stuff, the deeper stuff that, that really needs to be addressed. And that's what Business Genius focuses on, um, how to uh, not just work harder, but to work smarter. So give me a, um, if, if we can discuss a, a tangible example of this then. So I'm a, I'm a marketer um, in a um, medium to large um technology business, for instance, and I'm, I'm struggling to, um, I guess, get in, a, in, in the creative frame of mind to come up with some ideas to kind of differentiate ourselves from the competition. You know, what are some of the tips or tools or strategies that you would um, share with me to get me to sort of start thinking in a way that um, can, can, can help our company grow and succeed? That's, that's, that's a big, big question. There are so many different ways, but, but one of the things that begins in the first book, Genius, the, the yellow one, are there's something called can-do, the five main techniques people can use to come up with ideas whenever they're stuck. Uh, so it could be new connections, they bring things together that weren't there before, like Batman or um, an aircraft carrier or wash-and-go shampoo. So one way of doing it 
to get beyond the impasse is simply to connect what people are doing from a marketing perspective with something random, something different, something rather unusual. Mm. Uh, alternatively, it could be new directions, turning things back to front, inside out, upside down. And it doesn't matter if it's a strap line, it doesn't matter if it's a campaign or, or positioning. It's, it's simply about what Ebba Bono used to call pattern switching. Mm. Lateral thinking is all about switching patterns rather than following predictable formulaic patterns. And so there are all kinds of tools and techniques throughout both the books which can show people how to deliberately use creativity uh, to get beyond the blocks that, that, that stifle that way of thinking. You, um, you probably want to give specific examples. Yeah. I mean, one of them, uh, and I'm just turning to a page here, uh, the Oxo Tower uh, in London, for those of uh, people who haven't seen it, that was, a, that was a stroke of business genius. An architect basically wanted to mention the brand name Oxo, but wasn't allowed to do it because of the constraints of, of London regulations at that yeah. time. So instead of putting up a big billboard that would have been pulled down, he integrated very cleverly the word OXO into the brickwork. And so not only was it genius then, but it's genius right. now because OXO have left the building, right. become a listed building, and they can't even pull the building down <laughs> even if they wanted to. Right. So there's, a, there's an example of just an imaginative yeah. way around a problem rather than the conventional way of handling that problem. Great stuff. I guess... The other thing that I, I took away from the book was this idea that, you know, sometimes as marketers, we, we put our energies into lots of different strategies to achieve a certain business outcome. Um, you know, can you explain why it's important for us to find the one thing, as you call it, instead of having a kind of this scattergun approach? Well, it's one of those things when time and time again in business, it, it's the, the prevalent well, the dominant mindset is you know, in all directions and it, and it tends not to work. And there's plenty of experts out there who say the same thing. Uh, there's an old sort of lovely old Chinese proverb, which says um, he who chases two rabbits catches neither. And I think that's particularly true of marketers that sometimes less is more literally by focusing on the specifics rather than, being pulled in all kinds of directions that can be very beneficial. But the challenge with that is creative minds often do go off in every kind of direction. Mm. So it's, it's continually tweaking it back. Um, so having a, a strong enough purpose and a strong enough uh, sort of vision that can hold it all together. Mm. I love that. And um, you also talk about this idea of um, negative impact. So, you know, being, I guess this whole idea of negative being, impact being one of the the blocks uh, in becoming a, a business genius as it, as you call it so there's not enough wham meaning that you know we we kind of make such a soft impression that we barely actually get noticed so i guess the question is there's a fine balance between not being too controversial and getting your message um, you know, the wrong kind of attention and not making any splash at all. What kind of advice would you give to people that are struggling to find that, that balance? It's, again, it's, it's a challenging question because you know, there is no right answer. There are just multiple right answers. Mm. I think in terms of impact, though, you know, the origin of the word impact, impactum in, in, in Latin means to strike into, to strike into. It's to leave an impression. 
And so I suppose my key advice would be to turn it around, to do what Stephen Covey once said, which is start with the end in mind. Sure. Ask yourself what kind of impact you genuinely want to have. You know, how do you want to be remembered? And then to work backwards from there. Um, so it's very much that, that principle of, of be who you wish to become. Mm. Um, so, because I think the challenge with, with impact is, you know, everything has an impact on impact, but if there's no uh, underlying logic behind it, um, people can be pulled in all kinds of directions and, and things can very quickly backfire. Let's, um, let's move this on to, to your books now and, and how you differentiate or use this idea of um, innovation to, to differentiate um, your own books. Because, there, you know, as you and I both know, there are so many books out there on the market. Um, I read the other day that a new book is published every 30 seconds. So, you know, how did you differentiate Business Genius from the thousands of others that were on the marketplace as well? It was, a, it was an emerging process, as they sometimes say. I, I never quite realized how complex it was writing a book. Uh, the biggest mistake a lot of writers make is they try to please everyone, mm. and that simply doesn't work. As soon as I realized that, that my target audience was, uh, it's often disparagingly said, but it's, it, it's the airport market. You know, people are getting on a plane, they're getting on a train, they've only got a couple of hours, they want to read something that's going to add value to their business and life. As soon as I knew that that's what I was aiming for, I could, I could tweak my messages around that. Hmm. And what differentiated my book fundamentally was, was I, I learned the hard way, and it's a long story, which I'll bore you with, <laughs> was that I started to focus more on the reader and less on the writer. Hmm. Um, because fundamentally, you know, people are time poor. They don't have endless time to, to plow through sort of turgid textbooks. What they want is something that's practical, insightful, entertaining, interactive, thoughtful, and so on. And, and what I did with my books really was, was two key things to help make them different. I used to be, um, amongst many things, as well as being a songwriter and a psychotherapist, uh, I was a cartoonist, for, a freelance cartoonist for magazines like Punch and so on. So I... I use cartoons very strategically, or strategic illustrations as they're sometimes called, to convey key messages. And that's definitely helped uh, from an international perspective because people will recognize famous faces or they'll recognize famous logos around the world. And that's why the books have come out in, in Japan and China and they mm. come out in Arabic and, and in South Korea recently. Um, so partly what makes them different is, is the, the way they look. It's very rare, I think, in this genre of, of business books for the author to also be the illustrator. Right. Uh, but the second thing is, because I've done so many different things in my life, as I said, from being a you know, platinum-selling songwriter to, to working with different consultant uh, businesses like Aston Martin and the Space Agency, mm. I was able to draw on all kinds of connections that other people might not otherwise make. So mm. it, it takes it away from being a sort of standard here's how to do it book and and is very much geared towards helping people to do it themselves do it differently but to draw on very random connections uh, from the world of music the world of business the world of art uh, the world of martial arts you name it it's all in there um, built around the concept of, of enterprise enterprise is a, is a receptacle subject it's all in there whether it's history or sociology or psychology 
doesn't matter what you're into, mm. it still is relevant within the world of enterprise and fundamentally business genius helps people to think in more entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial ways. Fantastic. I'm sure everyone out there is, is asking themselves what what songs um, would they be aware of that you met <laughs> oh, you? No, I to say, name that hit. Yes, it wasn't Stand By Me and it wasn't Every Breath Day, unfortunately. Um, no, they, I was signed to the, the international side of the MG, so, so there were songs in Asia and songs in Scandinavia, but I do come across when I travel around the world giving talks on innovation and genius thinking, uh, I do come across people in different countries who have heard of, of these artists, but it was a long time ago. Right. It was a long time ago. Okay. Um, but I'm, I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot about how craft songs and I've managed to translate some of those concepts into how people shape ideas and turn those ideas into reality. Fantastic stuff. Great stuff. Just, just bringing the show to an end now, James, can you, can you share a process, you know, for those people that are listening that I guess, are, you know, are struggling with, you know, some sort of process or methodology that they can use and take away now to think about how to come up with innovative ideas you know, is there a methodology that you could share with them? There, there is and there are. I mean, there are, there are so many different ways you can jolt people out of uh, habitual thinking to come up with new ideas. And as I mentioned, you know, the, the, uh, the first book, Genius, is jam-packed with five practical techniques and 26 other techniques if people want them. Um, fundamentally, I'm going to give you one example. Um, new oppositions. You know, whatever it is people are doing in the world of marketing, if they want to think differently, it can help to just identify what the rules are and then deliberately question those rules. Mm -hmm. And one of the most innovative organizations on the planet did precisely that. If you look at Pixar, they use that technique time and time again. If children are afraid of monsters, what if monsters were afraid of children? Right. Monsters Inc. Or if you think that the rules of a superhero is they have, they have to be young and athletic, they come up with the incredible, someone who's, who's slightly out of shape and, and is a little bit older than the average superhero. Mm. If the last thing a restaurant wants is, wants is a, a rat in the kitchen, they come up with ratatouille, mm. where you know, the rat is the chef. Mm. So if you look at Virgin, who've, who've broken the rules of airlines and banks, if you look at so many... Or products, you know, from Toberone being triangular instead of rectangular, or you think of the pink panther. It's a case of if you want to be different, work out what the rules are and then challenge those rules, break those rules. Mm. Um, and it happens time and time again. You look at Agatha Christie when she came up with Poirot, she basically, basically uh, uh, allegedly, looked at Sherlock Holmes, and if he was school and tall and thin, he. Why not create a, a character that was, had a different shape? Or if, if Sherlock Holmes was very, very British, how about you have a French detective or we'll turn him into a Belgian? Right. So it, it's coming at things from a different angle and a different mm. perspective. And, and that that's, would be my fundamental recommendation, that if people are stuck and they want to be different, to identify the rules and then question those rules in a constructive and creative way. And the classic example, I would say, is, is it sounds bizarre, and I don't actually mention it in the book, is think Paddington Bear. Sure. There are millions of bears out there, you know, from polar bears to, to grizzly bears, but Paddington Bear is distinctive. Mm. You know, he's the only bear I can think of who wears a duffel coat and Wellington boots. Mm. You're the only bear who comes from deepest, darkest Peru, the only bear named after 
a railway station, the only only bear with with marmalade sandwiches under his hat. Yeah, the the point is that it would, instead of a standard bear, let's make this bear different. Sure. Love it. I I definitely love um, Business Genius. Uh, you know, there are many practical um, uh, tips and hints that I've taken away from that. Uh, so many of them um, that I had no idea of uh, before that, you know, I've been able to sort of think about and then implement that into sort of my my thinking over the last couple of weeks or so. So it's it's, it's definitely sort of helped me and I definitely recommend it to anyone listening to uh, to pick up their oh, own, their own copy. Um, the, you know, one of the, one of the, fantastic quotes that I, I picked up from the you know from the book uh was to do the, with this whole idea of, of um failure and, and sort of resilience and and getting back up and um you know one of the ones that um I, I wrote down was you know tough times don't last but tough people do and uh I, I think it was a, a Japanese um saying that said fall down seven times stand up eight and it you know really speaks to this whole idea of you know your, all your ideas that you may present or, or sort of go to take to my market may not actually work. But if you continue to innovate, if you continue to, you know, do the right action, then ultimately, um, you know, you will achieve the success that you that you need to um, a, a achieve. So that's what I, I've taken away from the book. Um, um, James, j just to end, you know, are there any books that you would recommend marketers pick up if they want to de develop more of the skills that we've discussed here today? There are so many books out there, um, as, as one can imagine. I mean, I, I had the good fortune of speaking with um, Professor John Adair recently. He was, he was the first ever professor of leadership in the world, and he wrote the first ever business book on leadership. And he said in the late 60s when he wrote his book on leadership, it was the only book on the world and, you know, on that topic. And now there's over 75,000 at least wow. and counting. So my suggestion really would be, I mean, two... Uh, two of the sort of gurus in this world who very kindly endorsed Business Genius, um, who, who I've met along the way, uh, Ebert de Bono, uh, the creator of Lateral Thinking, and also Tony Buzan, uh, the creator of uh, Mind Maps. Uh, they've written many, many books which can help people to, to get beyond obvious thinking and conventional thinking to come at things from different angles and different mm. perspectives. So, so I'd recommend many of the books by the two of them. But I suppose fundamentally, I'd, I'd strongly recommend that people read as widely as possible because mm. that's when you get sort of a strong cross-pollination of ideas mm. and people can break out of familiar patterns so just read randomly choose mm. magazines books articles things online that you wouldn't necessarily read because that can help uh, to there's a lovely phrase fill the well mm. i think if you want to be creative as marketers if you're always dipping into the same source you always come up with the same outcomes so right. it's it's adding fresh stimulus wherever that might come from on a regular basis. So, so yes, there are many books on the subject, but I'd strongly encourage people to read as widely as possible um, because that will fuel their imagination. Love it. Finally, if people want to find out more about you or the book, where can they go? Uh, there's all kinds of, uh, sort of ways of getting hold of me, but fundamentally, probably the best places to start are my uh, two websites. Uh, one of them is www.jamesbannerman.com dot com as in a man holding a banner so it's, people often write banana man or batman or something but it's b-a-n-n-e-r-m-a-n -N -E so jamesbannerman.com uh, and my other um 
uh, other site is called geniusthinking.co.uk. Uh, but there's a lot of information on both of those um, linked to the books in multiple languages, but also linked to the consultancy work and talks I give around the world. So that's, that's probably the best place to start. Great stuff. Well, James, it's, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nathan. Very much. Uh, enjoy speaking with you. Thank you. Great. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you very much for listening. Join me next week. We'll, we'll be speaking to another uh, marketing decision maker or business leader uh, talking about how to differentiate our content in this commoditized world. I'm Nathan Anibaba. I'll see you then. Bye-bye.